All right. Well, Treehouse, as you can see, could be dismissed. And uh, as kids find their way to the back and you find your seats, let's uh, go ahead and uh, get our hearts and ready for the our hearts and minds ready for the word. Heck them down a little bit, get a little bit of an echo here. All right. Well, it's uh, it's great to see everybody. Some new faces, and if you don't know me, my name is Mark. I'm one of the pastors here at Pillar Church Oceanside. I'm also a chaplain for the Navy with uh, uh, one of the battalions on base, and so excited to be up here and be my last Sunday to preach. So next Sunday will be my last Sunday uh, at church. And so, um, you know, if this is your first Sunday, it doesn't go well here with me, you know, please come back. <laughs> You'll never have to hear me again. So. <laughs> I, just joking. Hope, <laughs> hope it's a blessing to you. You know, um, I'm going to talk to you today about a topic. Um, as we move forward and be like Christ here with our lives, I think there's, there's a lot of things that uh, could be under this. Um, and so today I'm going to talk about the subject of forgiveness and how critical that is. And if you have any questions which uh, typically come as you're hearing a sermon like this, you can text the question in and afterwards we'll do our best to try to answer that question. At least we'll recognize it and we'll, we'll uh, do our best again to, to answer that question if you have any questions along the way. So please feel free to text us if something comes up along the way. Maybe it's something needs to be clarified. Maybe there's a nuance that you didn't understand and you want us to go a little deeper on. Please don't hesitate to, uh, to bring that to our attention. Before I get to the scripture text, I want to talk to you today about, um, do you ever have instructions that weren't clear? Whether you're putting together a swing set or, you know, you were doing something and you're like, I have no idea what's, what, what's being instructed here. Um, so I want to pull up a few of these. I thought these were kind of funny. I'll see if I can read them. I'm going to have to come over here. This is a good one. Um, you might not be able to read it. It says, attack one piece bottom rail H to the post 2 G using one piece or one piece Allen bolt, and I like this, one quarter inch by 38 by 33 millimeters, when we were mixing <laughs> metrics and, 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 and standard here. Then E, F, and G, H, uh, bottom frame, number two, as shown. Um, wives, if you ever wonder why we throw out instructions, because they never make sense. Well, I'll figure it out on my own. Let's go to the next one here. Um, this is interesting, so you got a map here. Property map, and you have building one, two, three, and four. You come over to Legend, though, <laughs> building one is actually number four. So I'm looking for building four, but it's actually number one on the map. Building two is actually number three. Building three is number one, and building four is number two. Uh, so, love it. Next one. Bear with me, it's a little long, but if, if you get confused, don't worry, that's the point. It says, how to interpret the program's actions. To be able to understand the behavior of your installation when the schedule timer is enabled, it is important to look at all program actions for the current day, and maybe the last program action of yesterday. The first program action for today is not active yet. The current status of your installation depends most probably on, but not necessarily, on the last program action from yesterday. Read the important note below. If this program action for today is already active, current status of your installation depends most probably, but not necessarily, on the parameters programmed in the first program action for today. Read the important note below. <laughs> to keep, this is the important note, keep the operation of your installation simple. <laughs> the scheduled timer settings can easily be overruled by altering the current setting. Last command overrules previous command until the next scheduled command. Conclusion, although the symbol there, timer, I guess, is displayed. Somebody might have altered the settings. <laughs> the next program action will overrule the altered settings and all the settings returned as programmed. 
Clear, yeah, clear, clear, right? I'm going to give you this last one. I thought this was pretty interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm just, just trying to reinforce this point. One more slide. Okay, so keep out of the reach of children. This is a ZEP product, probably from Home Depot, cleaning uh, solution of some sort. So, uh, for industrial use, um, yada, yada. Okay, start in English, right? And then precautions. Well, what I think is precautions, but it's probably in Spanish right now. All use cereal. See usted no le inglés. Um, and it goes on into Spanish. It, to other users, if you cannot read English, do not use this product until the label has been fully explained to you. So, but it's in Spanish. So how are we supposed to know? I try to read English, but all I see is Spanish. So, um, and I can't read Spanish. Um, sometimes we get to the Word of God, though, right? And here's why I want to make a segue. It's not always clear. Sometimes we read a text... And, and we're a little confused by it, right? We don't understand the context. Some of these things you didn't understand the context. You don't understand the language. Sometimes we don't understand the language. And it can even be English. I get people reading the Bible for the first time and they pull up a translation that is probably not so easy to read. And they're like, I don't even know what it says in English. Let alone in Greek and Hebrew and the original text that they were written in. So... I want to talk to you about forgiveness, but I have to back up and say, do we really know what forgiveness is? I think we have ideas of what forgiveness is or what it, what it, what it might be, but the problem is we don't understand forgiveness. And so by not understanding forgiveness, we're going to have maybe an undesirable outcome because in our mind we think, I forgave, but, but it, it didn't turn out well. But did you forgive? I have to ask that question. Do we understand forgiveness? Because if we don't understand what forgiveness is, maybe there's unrealistic expectations. Maybe there's outcomes that we expect from forgiveness that aren't showing up and we get frustrated. Maybe we walk away very disappointed, let down. So I think what we need to do is pause, go back to the Word of God, right? Let's look at the instructions, even if they're not clear, let's slow down and try to figure out what the instructions say. And I think this is so important that we learn in community, right? How many times in our life groups or our fight clubs or even in church we are learning in community? So if we do have a question, we could text it, raise our hand, ask the question because it's not clear. I think I think Another challenge that we, we have is that we bring in a bias. We, we, we open the scriptures and we read into the scriptures what, what, we're, you know, what life has you know, taught us. And so there's, there's, you ever see people take scripture out of context or hear you know, that money is the root of all evil and they, they misquote scripture. Actually, it's the love of money, if you didn't catch that one. But it's, it's, it's these sort of things that, that we have to be very, very careful to rightly divide the word of truth, take it slowly, study our instructions. And when it comes to forgiveness, I think when we get a very uh, solid foundation of, of what forgiveness is, or any other topic in the word of God, we become more success, successful in the execution of our Christianity. We begin to... Move towards Christ and not away from Christ. We don't remain stagnant, as Trace said last week. It is we, we are moving. We are either, we are moving forward closer to Him, or we're backsliding, slipping slowly away from Him back into the world. So the, the fact of the matter is, we might have forgiveness misunderstood a little bit. And I hope today that we can tweak some of those things. We can adjust some of the understanding because the Word of God speaks to you clearly and accurately. And so we don't just go to the Word of God here. 
I want to very go very specifically, and we can get to the first scripture text if you can put it up, is to understand the heart of God. Who is God and how does he forget? Let's look at this first verse. Gladden the soul of your servant. For to you, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. For you, O Lord, are good and forgiving, abounding in steadfast love to all who call upon you. So I think the first thing that we need to see when it comes to forgiveness is that God is ready. God is ready to forgive. And I don't know about you, but I, I wasn't going to include verse 4, but I'm, I, I wanted you to see this. I want my, my soul to be glad. All right? And I think when sin enters into any relationship, whether it's vertical or horizontal, whether it's the people around you or with God, if sin has entered into that relationship, we are not glad. Right? There, there is some passive-aggressive stuff going on. There's some, 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 I'm ignoring you right now because I am not happy with you right now. This is, this is what we do. This is what happens. And so, so if we're going to see the remedy for relationships, the remedy for relationships is proper forgiveness. And, and we can have glad hearts and glad souls because God is ready to forgive us. And what's his motivation here? I think it's important to catch that at the last part of verse 5. It's that he is abounding. I love, I love the movement there. It's not stagnant. It is moving. It is abounding towards us. What is his steadfast love to all who call upon him, upon you, Lord? So, God is ready to forgive. God is desiring to reach into your world and say, you know what? I, I'm willing to forgive you because I love you. That's the motivation behind forgiveness. And so what we see for us here is God modeling for us what forgiveness looks like. I tell you what, even the youngest of children, the, the newest of newborns, um, Nathaniel, right? How old's your baby? One month. One month. It's going to be fascinating to see as, as the months progress how quickly she mirrors. Do you ever see babies like talk for the first time because they're looking at the movement of the mouth of the mother or the father, right? Do you ever see those YouTube clips or t Twitter or whatever? Not Twitter, TikTok. Um, you know, the way it says, I love you or something, and it's just mirroring the movement and the sounds that the parent has done. Um, does the child understand what I love you means? No, it's just mimicking the words. And that's what we do. We have to have a model and a pattern to follow. Let's follow the Lord here. So we're going to have right horizontal forgiveness. We need to understand what right vertical forgiveness is. What's the motivation between me and, and another person when it comes to forgiveness? It should be abounding in steadfast love. We care so much about people, about relationships that we are willing to forgive generously. And that's what we need to see here. Gladly the soul. Right? Second thing I want to point out is God is not only ready, he's willing to forgive. And in Psalm 130, we see that God is willing to forgive. Our next verse. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness that you may be feared. God is ready and God is willing to forgive. The first part is interesting, right? Man, if God kept score, we're losers, man. There's too many checks in the loss column. There's not many wins, if any, all right? If God really kept track, man, where would, who, who could stand? 
Who could stand before God? Who could, who could survive this life if it wasn't for the grace and that abounding steadfast love of God to generously forgive? And so we see that he is, is able, he's ready, he's willing to forgive. 1 John 1.9, maybe a verse that you're familiar with. I'm just going to give you the last part of it. We know that the first part says if we confess our sins, then we get this. He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Aren't you glad that there is a God, a holy God that's sinless, who's interested in a relationship with you and me? And to do so, he has to make the move, right? It's, it's him who reaches out in love. He is faithful and just to forgive. He's ready. He's willing. He's faithful, and he is just to forgive. Are we? That's a tough one. I hope. I hope that we are modeling and mimicking the behavior of our Heavenly Father. I remember when my kids were, I, remember, I think it was Brandon. There's some great pictures and stories of, of when these guys were being raised. And, and uh, um, I'm grateful for all three of my boys. It's going to be hard because we're going to Guam and they're going to New Jersey. The family is... It's going separate directions for the first time in oof, many years, over 20 years. So I think Zach's 24, right? But anyway, the point is, is there's so many times, and those little guys who were right behind me. Whatever Dad was doing, they were doing. I was scraping paint on a door one time, and, and they're out there scraping paint. Problem is, is I, I wasn't always paying attention, and I think Brandon stuck his hand into the paint can, a white exterior latex, and right in his mouth, I'm like, oh, drop my tools, like, I don't know how many times we've had to call the, what is it, the poison, the poison control, yeah, is that okay? I think my son just drinks manifreeze, you know, I'm like, oh my goodness, it's not okay. Or the one time, the caulk gun became like a pacifier, it was like, funk, I'm like, oh, hell yeah, you know, I'm talking about modeling here, I wasn't chewing on the caulk gun or sticking my finger in the paint, but they got curious as we were, as we were working together, um, Pretty, pretty amazing. But we need to follow the model and the pattern of forgiveness in our Heavenly Father. We need to be right on His heels in everything that we are being led to do in life. And if our relationships are to be right, we need to have forgiveness in place and understood. If we don't understand it, we're going to have a false expectation and we're going to have unfulfilled relationships. We're going to have Letdowns, disappointments. You know, if I have a wrong expectation on my kids or my wife, you know, there's an age for toys. You know why? Because there's an appropriateness of a toy. You know, you, you don't give the sawzall to um, a four-year-old. You know, <laughs> I didn't either. It was a chop saw. But anyway, uh, he didn't hold the wood. And he put the chop saw down, and you know how he hold it against the fence? That wood went flying. It hit the shed like 30 feet away, like a rocket. I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> or the nail gun. Remember the nail gun? We were building that birdhouse that one day, and it went right into my finger, you know, because he didn't put it in the right spot. I mean, we have some great stories. I'm surprised I survived parenthood. <laughs> I love them surviving, surviving childhood. But anyway, the point is, modeling. I'm an imperfect father. We have a Heavenly Father who's perfect. You know, I may not have done all things right. He has and he will continue to 
Let's go to him for counsel, for guidance. We desperately need it. We're going to get lost. This world is going to feed us so much garbage, so much bad information, that if we're being influenced by the world, Romans 12, 1, I traced it last week, you know, being transformed with the renewing, renewing of our mind, rather than being conformed to this world. We have a choice. We model and follow the patterns and, and behaviors of our Heavenly Father, or we go our own way. Do it like the world. And go very disappointed and disillusioned in relationships with people closest to us. The last one here is we look at the model of our, our Heavenly Father. It says, if in Him, in Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of His grace. Forgiveness is again here. He is ready, He is willing, He is faithful and just, and He is able to forgive. And I ask you again. How ready are you to forgive? How willing are you to forgive? How faithful and just are you in forgiving people? How able are you to do this? Now, my fear is, we like, in our carnal, simple, fleshly self, life's holding grudges. We like being mad at people. I don't know what it is. There's something... Yeah, it... It's, it's, we know it's wrong, and we feel that tension, we do it anyway. And we stew in that bitterness, that, that root of bitterness, as the scriptures call, call it, is like a taproot. It goes deeper and deeper. You know, I was trying to pull weeds yesterday, but the ground was so hard, I was just snapping them off at the base. You know, I wasn't getting any of the roots. You know what's going to happen? It'll, it'll show up again. Yeah, somebody else's problem, somebody else's yard. No, I mean, I'm, but relationships, we can think that, right? We are like, it's somebody else's issue. But you know what? It is a root of bitterness that will just, just strangle the joy and the gladness that we saw in that first verse out of our life. Because forgiveness hasn't taken place. And we think it has, but, but has it? I'm, I'm leaving you with that question. I can't answer it for you. You need to figure out whether or not those broken relationships are really healed or if you're just pretending like they're healed. Has forgiveness taken place? And so, so this is the heart of God. Let me talk for a minute before we get to the heart of man. What forgiveness is not? And I think this is part of the clarification. First thing that I want to say, forgiveness is not forgetting. How many times have we heard forgive and forget? It, are we able to do that? I can't. If anything, that trauma, that hurt, that, that offense sits so deep in me, I am not going to forget it. But I have to figure out how to forgive in spite of not forgetting. I have to figure out a way to move forward in that relationship. It may look different. You know, my body looks different after, you know, all the wounds and scars of raising three boys um, and surgeries and other things that happen in life, Right? Am I healthy? I think I'm healthy. But I have scars. Our soul, our, our life is going to have scars. But we still can be healthy. We can still live a vibrant Christian life in spite of the wounds inflicted by ourselves or by others. The fact of the matter is, forgetting is not forgetting. Maybe it is remembering with a healthy perspective on that. A healed perspective on that. <laughs> Another story. My, my 24-year-old, we were, we were working on a project, and I was holding something that we couldn't get into the vice really well, and he was drilling out a stuck bolt. 
And so he's going, and I look away for a second, the bolt about the size of the diameter of a pencil, the, 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 I'm sorry, the drill bit breaks in half. And so his, his drill bit goes through my hand. So I'm looking away, he's like, sorry, Dad. And I'm like, what? I was like, oh, it's all right. He goes, no, it went through. And I looked the other side of my hand, I was like, oh. <laughs> you know, I started seeing, like, things that shouldn't be seen, like muscles and, you know, a lot of blood. And I'm like, this, sorry to go shout, but this was bad. And I was like... All right, let's get to the hospital. Six stitches later, you know, and, and it's a, the webbing of the hand is always moving. And so I put my thumb in my pocket like this, and I'm like, oh, just pour the stitch, you know. It took a while to heal. And even after the wound was healed, there was some heavy scar tissue in there. And like, if I go to pick something up the wrong way, that scar tissue would hit a nerve just right and light me up. We may look okay on the outside, but our souls are still healing. Forgiving is not forgetting. Forgetting. It's remembering through a perspective of healing and health. I think, I think that's what forgiveness is. second thing I want to point out what forgiveness is not, it's not simply saying, I'm sorry. I, my boys, when they, when they would say, sorry, Dad, can I go out and play now? You know, I'm like, sorry isn't cutting it. It's not the easy way out. And I think sometimes in relationships, we just throw the sorry out there. Sorry about that. And we go on our own way. And it's like, no, 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 no. What are you sorry about? Talk to me. I'm willing to forgive you. But I want you to, to be honest in your confession, in your recognition of what you did. So that this thing can be fixed. Forgiveness isn't a quick, I'm sorry. Third thing it's not. It's not walking away from somebody without holding them accountable or condoning the hurtful act. That's not forgiveness. I don't worry about it. No, I, I need to worry about it for a little bit. I need to think about it for a little bit. It, it, we don't just quickly fix things by throwing words. Sorry, yeah, don't worry about it. Whoa, is it fixed? Are we just, just sweeping something else under the carpet? You know what happens when you sweep a whole bunch of stuff under the carpet? You begin to drip on the carpet. You can try to make those problems go away, but the problems just don't go away. If proper healing doesn't take place, and proper forgiveness isn't executed. Can I say this? Forgiveness isn't free of anger. Forgiveness isn't free of anger. Oftentimes we think, well, you know, I shouldn't be angry. No, it's okay to be angry. Sin should make you angry. Offense should make you angry. The problem is, though, is do we retaliate in anger? Now that's what's wrong. Repay, don't repay evil for evil. You know? Um, offense should offend us. Hurt should hurt us. We should recognize that and be honest. But we just can't sin back in retaliation. Forgiveness doesn't mean that the individual is forgiven. Hold on a minute now. It's two people in this thing, right? Where, where sin is taking place. Um, you have the offender, and then you have the offended. Just because somebody is offering forgiveness doesn't mean forgiveness is received. And that may take time. So it's, it's, it's pretty easy with the Lord in the sense that we're just we are honest and confessing our sin. He is faithful just to forgive us our sin. He is pretty quick and it is executed properly, right? problem with two broken people, two sinful people, it doesn't always happen. Textbook, all right? I think what happens is we have to give the person time to process what needs to be processed. And finally, what forgiveness isn't. 
It isn't always immediate. All right? The moment of forgiveness, things aren't immediately better. We're on a path to better. Let's say both parties agree. You offended me. Yes, I, I was offended. Um, and I'm sorry that I offended you. And we talk it out. We figure it out. Forgiveness takes place. It doesn't mean that things are just automatically fixed. It was like my hand when I executed, when, the, when I had the stitches in it, right? Just because I got stitches didn't mean it was immediately better. Things have to heal. When there is a, a sin in a relationship, let's say in a marriage relationship, let's say infidelity takes place, um, it isn't, okay, you know, I forgive you, everything's better. We're on the path to better, maybe. But there's a whole lot of trust that needs to be earned. Relationship needs to be healed. There's a lot of counseling that takes to, needs to take place. Why did that ever get to that place to begin with? I mean, there's a lot of work that still needs to be done. Forgiveness doesn't mean everything is immediately fixed. If handled properly, we're on the path to better, but we're not quite better. Hopefully we, you know, like wound care, right? You want to make sure it's in an environment that's conducive to healing. You know what happens, though? Life happens. It gets bumped. It gets agitated. We pick at it. And, and, and maybe sometimes it gets infected. And that's the way our soul is, all right? We don't always get better quickly. We've got to be aware that we aren't further hurting ourselves in the process of healing or we aren't further hurting the other person. We need to continually be intentionally, gently, carefully caring for those relationships so the relationships get better. It can get better. I believe it will get better if both parties are putting forth the proper effort. And putting themselves in an environment, I think the church community is a great, healthy environment for relationships to grow and heal together. We can't ignore it. It doesn't happen in a vacuum. It happens with some intentionality. So let's look at the heart of man in forgiveness. What does what 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 my heart need to look like when I am in the pursuit of forgiveness here? Let's, uh, I think the next, actually i got a long passage for this one. I'm not going to read it. I'm going to summarize it for you in a moment. But the broken and humble heart in pursuit of forgiveness. I'll read this one in a second, but I want to reference Luke chapter 7 verses 36 to 50. I don't have time right now to read it, but I encourage you to read it. Remember Jesus went to the Pharisee's house, Simon's house, and and when he came in, a woman came in and had just a life full of sin, and she starts weeping because of her sin. Her tears fall on Jesus' feet. She wipes his feet with her hair as she's drying his feet. Um, And in an incredibly broken and humble moment, she's seeking the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. And and Simon, in his self-righteousness, says if he knew who this woman was, why would he let somebody like that even touch him or come near him? Let alone, you know, wash his feet with her tears and hair. And Jesus knew his heart and said, Simon, said, who who is forgiven more? Um, The person with a lot of sin? I'm, I'm... I had it down pretty well here. Uh, let me see if I can... He gives them a parable. There were two debtors, and one owed 500 denarii and another 50. And he said they were both forgiven. Who do you think is... is who do you think loves the, the person that forgave him more? And it was the one that had the bigger debt. That was the point. And I think what he's saying to this, to this self-righteous man, you know, she has an incredible love for me, and Simon, you didn't even wash my feet when I came to your house. You didn't annoy me with oil, you know. Here's this woman who has incredible sin, showing great remorse, brokenness, and humbleness, and she is greatly forgiven. 
I think our heart, when it comes to forgiveness from a holy God, needs to be a heart of humility and brokenness. With that in mind, I think we also need to have a repentant heart, and that's what we have in Second Chronicles here. If my people, who are called by my name, humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear what? Then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. What's what's the key point that I want to bring out here? Is is this idea of Repentance, that we turn. We can't continue in the same behaviors once an offense has taken place and expect that to be a healthy environment for relationships to heal. We can't continue in the sin that keeps offending the person. Yes, you may be forgiven for that past sin, but you've just now offended again, and we're now in this cycle of offense and in need of forgiveness and offense and in need of forgiveness. It's this repentance. Turn from their wicked ways. Healing then takes place. So, we repent. We're humble when it comes to forgiveness. 1 John 1, nine. I quoted it before. We confess our sins. He is faithful. So confession is calling it what it is. This is what I did. That's why I wouldn't go with my kids or, or anybody else when they just simply say, I'm sorry. I'm like, sorry for what? I want them to know and identify what the offense was. That's confession. <coughs> Can I say this too? What's the key word in forgive? Give. It's a gift. It's not earned. You know, that, that blew me away this week when I was studying. I was like, wow, it's a simple truth, but it's, it's a powerful truth. That forgiveness is a gift to the offender. The offender doesn't deserve it. Do we deserve forgiveness from God? Absolutely not. But because he is, what, what we say, abounding in, in steadfast love, it's a gift. And he offers the gift of forgiveness to you and me. Not because we deserve it. I want you to see the frequency of it. Remember 70 times 7, Matthew chapter 18, verse 22? It's a lot. I want you to be generous with forgiveness. I pull up second, yeah, um, second Corinthians 2 Corinthians 2.7 next. This this talks about a brother offending you, and I thought this was pretty amazing. So you should rather turn to forgive and comfort him. Interesting period of word, period, period of words that he or he may be overwhelmed by excessive sorrow. Wow. You maybe feel good about the grudge you're holding and just saying, you know what, I'm just going to let him suffer over there. Wow, it's kind of cruel, but but you know maybe maybe. Um, we're, we, we need to realize that by holding that grudge, we are allowing them to continue to feel the weight of their sin. And you have the opportunity to relieve them of that weight of sin by forgiving them. The gift of forgiveness. Weeks go by. Months go by. Years, decades go by. And relationships. I, I get Marines to always come to my office regularly. And, and one of the things that hurts my heart is when they say... Yeah, I don't really have a relationship with my mom. I saw talking to her ten years ago. There's no forgiveness there. You think that's a relationship that's healthy? Absolutely not. 
one or the other is, is feeling that weight of sorrow, overwhelmed by excessive sorrow. You have the ability, through forgiveness, to relieve them of that. Do they deserve it? I already said, no, we don't deserve it. They don't deserve it. But it's a gift. And it's something you can give them. Forgiving and bringing comfort to them through forgiveness. I think, again, we already talked about how God models this. Keep looking back to that standard, to that pattern. Um, and that's in Matthew chapter 6. Forgive, our, forgive us our debts. Alright? As we forgive our debtors, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your Heavenly Father will forgive also. I'm sorry, your Father will also forgive you. And I'm wondering, as a Christian, you know, if we are stalling out even our Christian walk, our spiritual cloak gets hung up on this nail called unforgiveness, and we're trying to move forward, and God says, I can't let you move forward until you get this thing taken care of. Pull that out, take care of it, and you can move on. Not only with him, but with the person where the offense has taken place. And finally, at the heart of it, it's this. Be kind one to another, tender-hearted. Is that the way we started? The love of God? Abounding? Forgiving one another even as Christ has forgiven you. Let me encourage you to have a forgiving spirit. Let me encourage you to do what's right in relationships. I'm not saying they deserve it. I'm not saying you deserve it. Probably don't. But, but it's a gift. It's a generous gift. You know, as I thought I'd start thinking about this, and I don't have a specific verse, but I think the New Testament pretty much supports this idea. What took place for forgiveness to take place? It took the cross. It took the shedding of a sinless person, Jesus Christ, to die for you and me. And I think if forgiveness in your relationships are to take place, something needs to die. Something needs to be buried. The problem is we don't bury it, we bottle it. Right? We don't, we don't take care of it properly. We just stuff it down inside. You know, the I'm sorry turns into it's okay, don't worry about it. And it just gets bottled up. I think with people, bury the offense. Bury the unrealistic expectation, that idealization of, the, the, of, of, of an imperfect person, maybe even an imperfect you. How about you forgiving you? Too many times I come and have people come into my office, we start talking, I'm like, have you forgiven you? And there's this head drop and this awkward silence. And I'm like, if the role was flipped, you would say to your buddy, hey man, it's, it's alright, we'll get through this, you know. But yet you won't do that for yourself. You know, there's, there's something that needs to die. Bury the offense, that unrealistic expectation, those sins. We're taking care of it at the cross. You don't need to bottle it up. You don't need to carry it. You need to bury it. And from there, I think we face the pain. We mourn the loss. We grieve the hurt. But it must die. If you're going to live, it must die. Let's, let's pray. Father, we thank you for our time around the Word. And I know that we're an imperfect people with bias and, and uh, hurt. 
and, and maybe even the lack of understanding. We, we look at things and we're just puzzled, we're stumped. We don't have answers, we don't have directions. And, and, I, and I pray that through times like this, just a careful study of the Word, with ears that are open and hearts that are ready to receive, that we would receive what you have for us here today. And so God, if there are people here that have yet to forgive others, that they would be generous in that forgiveness. They would be active in trying to make those relationships right. Maybe their relationship with you, Lord, is not right because they've yet to receive Christ as their personal Savior. God, I pray that today would be a day of new beginnings where they receive Christ into their life, recognizing that they didn't deserve forgiveness. They've sinned against the Holy God that you stepped in, offered your Son as a sacrifice for them. That He buried it. Our sins were drowned in the deepest sea. As far as the east is from the west, they're gone through the person of Jesus Christ. And if that individual would trust Him today, realize that He needs or she needs the Savior, they could be forgiven. And it's a forgiveness that is abundant, rooted in a steadfast love, abounding towards us, chasing after us. That's the kind of love, Father, that you have for us, and we are so grateful. So, God, I pray that this morning, not only a relationship with you would be right, but our relationship with others would be made right. We would bury those things rather than bottom them up. And we'd live rather than just suffer with that hurt. God, bring healing, bring health, vitality to the relationships once again because we desperately need to be a light in a dark world and we can't be if our lives are so a mess with hurt and unforgiving spirits. And so, God, I pray for you to have your way now. We ask this in Jesus' name.